Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CONS Radio. I'm Mike, joined alongside by Jason, as always. And uh, Jason, in two weeks, it's been two weeks since our last show. Last week, you know, you and I were talking. We were pretty drained out, needed a week to recuperate, and I feel like we're rejuvenated for the show this week. So sorry for everyone that was looking for the episode last week. We had a little bit of a week I hate us, but we are back now, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, it's going to be a good show today. Um, I can feel it. Yeah, definitely. We're, all, we're both back. We're both rejuvenated. Um, excited to be back on. Definitely a good show. And as we talked about before we started the show, how it's coming down to the wire here in the NHL. The NHL playoffs are obviously heating up, almost down to the conference finals, pretty much. And you have a lot, some Bruins news coming out, big Bruins news. You've got the World Championships going on. So even though the Bruins aren't playing, there's still a lot of stuff to talk about. And let's, let's, let's dive right into this. So... The Bruins obviously announced uh, earlier on, early last week, or was it this week? Doesn't it was earlier on this week? So it doesn't matter. Uh, about the big news about David Krejci, Tori Krug, and Matt Bolesky. All three players obviously said they needed surgery when they had the end of the year meetings. All three players had their surgeries and will be and will be recovering as of right now. The best one is Matt Bolesky, who will not take that long to recover. He should be back ready to go for training camp when the Bruins open up training camp. The other two players that did get surgery, Tori Krug and David Krejci, both will be miss- missing for five or six months. And that's pretty big news when you think about it. And Tori Krug's a restricted free agent this year. Obviously, that affects Tori Krug. They, he feels like he won't be back until November. So it looks like Tori Krug will miss the first opening month of the regular season next year for the Bruins. And I think, obviously, that's bad because – Tory Krug was one of the better defensemen the Bruins had last year, and that just means another, another defenseman that they have to get well, and get another position they have to upgrade. That's just not news you'd want to hear on Tory Krug. No, it's unfortunate, but you look at the fact that, as we said, Tory Krug's a restricted free agent, so it is possible he still might not be on the Bruins next year if somebody throws him an offer sheet and the Bruins don't counter. Exactly, but I think now that with him getting a significant shoulder injury and not having to not be able to play until November, I don't think anyone's going to offer him anything. I um, I'm going to place his age into it. 
he's still young. Someone could. I mean, I you, you you're logical with what you say. So more than likely, somebody won't. But he's still young. Somebody could take a chance. Yeah, he's still young. But I mean, I I feel like you don't want to, like, like because I feel like when you when you want a, a, a free agent, you want to be able to see their medical stuff. And I feel like since Tory Crew will be undergoing surgery, he just underwent surgery this this past week, and I feel like teams aren't are gonna want to see how his shoulder holds up with the Bruins this year before they offer him a big contract. So I think this affects Tory Krug. I don't think Tory Krug will be getting any offers from any teams. He might get a small offer, but I don't think it's going to be a big-time offer like he was thinking or hoping he would get like a $5 million type deal. I don't think teams are going to do that. I think teams are going to shy away, especially because missing a month and shoulders are always tricky and shoulders injuries can always come back and bite you. No, I think that you are probably right on point. I wouldn't be shocked that the Bruins offered him a one-year contract, made it a bridge year because of the injury. And they would probably hope that as he plays his way back next year, he earns some value because, you know, in the long term, he could be one of those players that they consider trading, who is possible to trade. Definitely. So, obviously, it's unfortunate because I thought Tory Krug did play well last year for the Bruins. Like As we've talked about on the show numerous times, how Tory Krug kind of stepped up because the Bruins' defense was pretty pretty bad last year. Obviously, everyone could see that. And he was pretty consistent, even though he wasn't scoring goals like he used to score goals. I felt like he was still always in the play, and you could always count on Tory Krug. Yeah, you know, Tory Krug was very reliable. He had a lot of assists last year, and, you know, he might not have scored as much. He might not have lost the scoring touch, but he was very reliable. He had definitely shown a lot of improvement, and you want you have to hope that because of his age and how young he is, that he can overcome that injury because you can tell, you know, with Kevin Miller having a similar injury, he hasn't really recovered from, recover, recovered. From his injury. Right, he was still missing some time later in the year. Yeah, no, Kevin Miller was having missing time later on in the year and it was because of the shoulder. Right, and uh, the other so big you, you was, can You can only hope that yeah, crew handles it different. That's why I'm saying shoulders are tricky because shoulders can always come back and bother you, you know what I mean? I feel like shoulders, shoulders are... Shoulders, shoulders and groins. That's yeah. how it seems lately. Yeah, because I feel like when like now it's like with knee injuries, it seems like players come back ready to go. But I feel like shoulders are like just that tricky area on the body where like obviously NHL players use their shoulders a ton with shooting and taking body contact. And I feel like the wear and tear in a shoulder could affect Tory Krug. I'm hoping I'm wrong here, but I just feel like teams aren't going to overextend themselves right now for Tory Krug because they'll be like, okay, well, I don't know how his shoulder is going to hold up right now because he's a smaller guy. And he, him taking all those lumps and bruises as being a smaller guy could could also affect him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just saying, you know, the NHL is hard to predict. General managers are hard, managers are hard to predict. You know, some of them might be feeling the pressure to take a chance on a player of Krug's caliber, banking on the future. You know, you see it a lot in sports with that kind of mindset. But realistically, I you had that realistic point of view, Mike, that you know he's probably not going to get an offer, but he is a restricted free agent and it's something to think about. Definitely. And the other one was uh, David Krejci. And David Krejci come out and said that he did have a hip issue, and it's the other hip now. Not He already had surgery on the other hip, and now it's his neck, the, the complete opposite side of his body hip that has the same injury, and he got surgery on. And you could tell... <clears throat> Excuse me. You could tell. Remember we talked about David Krejci and how he just looks off compared to the beginning of the year. The beginning of the year, he came out on fire. The end of the year, it's like, where's David Krejci been? I called him out, and I've been a big Krejci supporter. Even you were like, called him out. You were like, Krejci makes this amount of money. He should be doing more. 
And now you know why. Is he had a hip injury, but I'm not using it as an excuse. But obviously, a hip injury in NHL, it's kind of tough to, you know, maneuver with, with the hip injury. And David Krejci will also miss five months. And him missing five months will put him right around the timetable of the regular season opener. You know, April, May, June, July, August, September, September, October area. Training camp area, yeah. Yeah, but you don't know how. It, uh, preseason. Right, you hope he, has, he, he heals pretty quickly. So that way he can get going early, but he's in his late, he's in his early thirties, so he's not gonna heal as fast as we hope. As fast as we hope. Right. So now you have David Krejci also who could miss the opener, and I think one of the big factors of David Krejci's injury is now you can't trade him. The Bruins can't go into this offseason looking to trade David Krejci. I'm not saying they were going to, but you and I talked about how the Bruins need to make a hockey trade. They need to trade some of their big name players to like mix things up with the chemistry in the locker room and get different players, this injury sets the Bruins' uh, offseason plans back if they were going to look at trading David Krejci. They can't do it now. And as a Bruins analyst, and I know I've been a big doom and gloom person, so I think we can get where I'm going to go with this, you just kind of have to think about it and seeing how David Krejci's trade value isn't there and all the players with no trade clauses and the possibility of an expansion team coming in next year, things don't look good. Right now, things do not look good for the Bruins, just from an outside perspective. It's it's, it's hard, because who do you get? Who are you gonna trade with these players with no trade clauses? And, and I'm glad you brought up that uh, expansion because with expansion, they said all players with no movement clauses have to be kept by the, that team. So that's why I brought that's why I brought up that point because I was thinking specifically about Tuukka Rask. Right. To, well, as of right now, at the expansion draft was happening now. The Bruins would, Tuka Rask would be with the Bruins. It would be Tuka Rask, Bergeron, Charles Steinberg. Steinberg, Krejci. They all have no movement clauses. There's five players right there. They all have it's, no movement clauses. What are you gonna? I mean, there's, there's there's five players right there. Like, how can you be optimistic about this team? Just, well, as that, a as an analyst, like, if this if these scenarios do play out, how is there optimism and hope for the future for this team when? You have Chara, who is aging. He's not the same player. You have Tuka Rask, who shows up when he feels like it because he's getting paid. You know, that's how you feel like it from a fan or somebody who's watching it and you see the attitude. David Krejci is a great player, huge heart, but it's unfortunate with his injuries. No, he's beginning to slide a little bit. And, like, now great player. who's going to take him now? Who's going to take David Krejci with two hip surgeries, making seven over $7 million a year until the year 2020? And, and it's just not not just from the Bruins' perspective. I'm going to say this as kindly, but these other NHL teams are going to get better. Montreal's going to get Carey Price back. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning with Ben Bishop and how much they're getting better without Stamkos. Look at Toronto, who has Mike Babcock as a coach. Look at the Detroit And they Red won Wings the draft lottery. Toronto the won the draft lottery. Yeah, I mean, we have, we need to put this in perspective. It's just It's hard to be optimistic. When this is what you're seeing right in front of you. Oh, I, I thought. Remember when we talked about the the team to end this season? We said, who would you start with? Who would you trade? And we said, Rask, Krejci, and Rask. Rask, Krejci. You got you start with them, and then you look at Chara and Seinberg after that. But if if you if you can convince Chara to waive his no trade clause, and right now you've already heard from Chara, he wants to stay. So how easy is that going to be? 
It's not going to be. None of these are going to be easy because all four players we named to be traded all have no movement. Yes, costs. add Dennis Seidenberg, who still has us no trade cost till at least December. I mean, it's, it's six players. We talked about, like you said, we talked about Krejci and Rask to start off the pro to start off the trades. Rask, uh, uh, we'll talk, we'll get to Rask in a little bit, but now David Krejci's getting his other hip surgery repaired on. So, like I said earlier, two hip surgeries, over seven million dollars, and he's thirty years old. For the next four years or so, no one's gonna want David so, Krejci. No one. So here, so what do you, so what do you do? Like you know. As a this, team, this, if this you want to get better in the future, what do you do? Who who else is out there? And the only name, unfortunately, I don't want to say because I'm going to hate myself for saying it, but the only name that comes up that could get the Bruins' best value. Do you want to say it, Mike? Do you know what I'm thinking? Bergeron? Yeah. And I don't – it's not going to happen. But it's the only player that you could consider even shopping at this point to see what you can get for him that teams would want. He's your biggest asset. He has a no movement clause, but like uh, any team would love Bergeron. It's not going to happen. I'm going to say this straightforward. It's not going to happen. But if I'm a GM, that's the name that I'm considering shopping. See, just just to see what I can get for him. See if any team's going to go stupid crazy for a player like Bergeron. It, it's, it's, if you if you're really going to consider looking at this in the long term point of view and really understanding that you need to rebuild this team, that things really aren't looking good. But that's not the way the Bruins are thinking, so that's not going to happen. No, Bergeron won't be dealt. Don Sweeney and Neely pretty much said they're, he's untouchable. And I get it. Bergeron's a great player. He's, he he works his, his ass off every time he's out there. He's, he's everything you want in a player. I get that. But and like you said, though, I understand where you're coming from. He would give you the best return. And now with David Krejci not being able to get traded, because who's gonna, I, I just can't think of a team who would take Krejci after going through surgery right now, and for this not money. for not for a high value, maybe a sell for a contract sell. Uh, yeah, I mean but, the Bruins would probably have to eat a ton of money of that. I, I don't know, if, and I don't think the Bruins are going to buy him out because then they'll still have to be paying his cap hit. They they can't they can't buy him out. That's not the right move. No, because you don't want to give him away for nothing. He's not no. he's not an atrocity to this team. No, David Krejci is not the reason this Bruins team lost. But I, I just think the two players that we looked at to move were Krejci and Rask, and now one of them, you, I think pretty much you can't trade now. And I feel like there were teams that would have probably extended themselves for David Krejci, but now with the, another hip surgery, he's going to be missing five months. He could miss the opener. I don't see teams biting on David Krejci. I don't. It's I'd be shocked. I would be shocked that they bit on David Krejci. And then you have to watch the NHL playoffs, and it's like the only logical player that teams could possibly go after is Rask. And even at this point, I'm sure teams are thinking Rask at seven million, and you're watching Matt Murray, Thomas Grice, Martin Jones, Brian Elliott do their thing for a lot less. Exactly, and I wanted to get to that in just a second, but you brought up a good point. So obviously, three big injury news for the Bruins: Bolesky, Bolesky will be fine. Tory Krug will definitely miss the opener, and David Krejci is right on the verge of missing the opener. Uh, David Krejci, obviously, I think will not be traded now. Tory Krug. Will not get a big restricted free agent, I don't think, signing. I think he'll be back with the Bruins next year. And obviously, Matt Bolesky will definitely be back with the Bruins next year. And luckily for Matt Bolesky, he will not have to miss as much. He won't miss nearly as much time as. I have less of an issue with Bolesky because of the way he played last year. Right, exactly. So let's go to Tukarask and his $7 million contract again. And And let me point out, I wrote an article about this last year. And Tukarask. And I don't blame Tuka Rask for making $7 million. I blame mostly the GM and 
management for giving him a $7 million a year contract. So if someone put a $7 million a year contract in front of my face, you're damn right. I'm, I'm signing that. that thing too. You don't have to tell me twice to sign that. Give me the, give me a pen and I'm signing away. So I don't blame Rask for taking that money. I do think Rask is overpaid. And it brings me back to the point where you're looking at all these teams left in the NHL playoffs. And you go to the goalies of these teams. You have the Stars with Lettinen and Niemi. And granted that Lettinen and Niemi make – Carol Lettinen makes five million nine hundred, so close to $6 million. And Anthony Niemi makes $4,500,000. Both of those goalies are playing – you want the net? Okay. You want the net? You want the net? Do you want the net? So the Stars are still in the second round of the Stanley Cup Finals. For both, they're playing okay. They're playing, but for and the both goalies, they make both combined make more than Rask, but only two million more than Rask. They only make two million more dollars combined than Rask does. And they're, they're playing worth. They're both playing worth their contracts. And they're in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, so they, Bingo. so Ben Bishop is making a little bit more than five million nine hundred. Just under, but how well is he playing and compare this to last year? Ben Bishop just got his team into the the, the conference finals in the East. No Stamkos. Without Stamkos and without Antoine Strawman, who's one of the better defensemen in the, NH, in the NHL and one of Tampa Bay's best defensemen besides Victor Hedman. Uh, Braden Holpe makes $6,100,000. Obviously, they're in a battle right now in Pittsburgh to go to the conference finals. That might be a little bit overpaid for Braden Holpe, you know, based on where they play against Pittsburgh. But you know, he still has time to prove it. He's been consistent. He's making still. He's still making a one million dollars less than Rask, and he's up. Yep. And he's up for a. And he had a great year this year. I think Braden Holpe is better. You have Pekka Rene, who is making the same amount of money as Tuukka Rask. Overpaid. Overpaid. Uh-huh. Yep, overpaid. And this is where it gets even better. It gets even better. Brian, let's go into Brian Elliott first. They don't even know who Brian Elliott. Let's start with Martin Jones. You know what Martin Jones makes? Three mil. Three million dollars. You know how? You know, you know Martin Jones. You know who we could have had him, right? You know who's the thirtieth highest paid goaltender in the NHL? Thirtieth. Yeah. There are twenty nine. There are twenty nine goalies that make more than Brian Elliott right now, and Tuukka Rask is third, and Brian Elliott. I mean Martin Jones is thirtieth. You know, Boy, I mean, people that, make look, people make this argument, Mike. Rask is a quote unquote good goaltender. Well, if Rask was a quote unquote good goaltender, wouldn't the Bruins be in playoffs at the moment, or somewhere near the playoffs, or not missing the playoffs? Like, how exactly. can you make that argument that Rask is a good goaltender when he's not even in the playoffs? How can I, I you? How can how can certain fans fight for Rask to stay? When they're not even in the playoffs. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. And I don't Seven billion people... dollars the guy's getting paid to and sit on his butt hear... right now. And I do not want to hear people say, did you see the Bruins defense? Yes, I, I watched the Bruins defense all year round. You know who else? It was an atrocity. You know who else? But... You know who really else didn't have defense in front of them? The Philadelphia Flyers. And they still made it to the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs. But what did Steve Mason and Michael Nervis do? They stole games. Michael Nervis stole a game from Washington to make it even more of a series. They, had, they fought. They had over 40 shots These on them. These goaltenders played with heart. They fought. Philadelphia had 11 shots on goal and won a game because one of their goaltenders stood on their head. Tukarask has never stood on his head like that. He's letting up bad goals at the end of the year. Steve Mason makes $4 million. 
26th highest paid goalie in the NHL. Oh, you know what? This one's even this one's good too. Brian Elliott. Two million five hundred. He is the thirty-first highest paid goaltender in the NHL. You want to know something even and better? And you're talking about, but in here, listen to this because we're gonna go into this. Martin Jones at three million. Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott at two million. Five million combined in the Western Conference Finals. And now let's 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 build on this, right? Ben Bishop and Matt Murray. If Matt Murray pulls it off, which I've heard Mark Andre Fleury is possibly starting Game Six, so I'm not gonna even go there. But you're talking about possibly less than seven million in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wait, that would be a mistake. Ferrari would be a mistake. I think. Yes. I, I think Matt Murray's been unbelievable for Pittsburgh. You don't quit on Matt Murray at this point. You know you what Matt? Murray. You know what Matt Murray is? He's a rookie. Five hundred thousand. He's a rookie. What playing? Beating the President's Trophy in a series right now. The 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 game he lost was his second was his second loss in the playoffs. Or his third loss in the playoffs. Not many. He hasn't had too many. He's played a lot of great games. He, the, before that game, before the other game, his save percentage was 939. That is unworldly. And he's a 21-year-old rookie, and he's shutting down Washington. He had 48 saves the other night in the game. He's been unbelievable for Pittsburgh. So that's why if you say if they play Florian. Like, how do you put Florian at that point? If, Flurry, if Pittsburgh puts Florian, give the series to Washington because Washington, Washington's going to come back. I just don't think you can you can take Murray out of the net. But and also I wanted to bring this up too. Even though Tampa Bay did end the series with Dionders today and, and they did it in convincing fashion. Dionders Thomas Grice played. Thomas well. Grice. He was a backup with Larisov Halak. Backup to Yaroslav Halak. Did you expect that out of the Islanders at this point at that point in the season when, when Halak went out? No. So what mistake are the Bruins making? Go with a young goaltender with a chip on his shoulder. Over a $7 million spoiled baby. I just think that it just shows that in, you need a good goaltender in the NHL. You do. You need a good goaltender. You need a goaltender that has something to prove. A chip on their shoulder. A goaltender that wants to win. Yes, you know what? Tim Thomas, when he was goaltender for the Bruins, played with a chip on his shoulder. That's why the Bruins won the cup that year, because Tim Thomas wanted it more. He did. He did. And, um... It's just frustrating because now Tuka Rask makes $7 million. Also, you want you want to do an exercise quickly, Jason? Yeah, because I've already done this exercise before. Let's go. Let's go. Let's look at the top 10 goaltenders in the NHL and what they make, right? Let's, let's, yep. let's, let's start with Henrik Lundqvist. $8,500,000. Does Henrik Lundqvist have a cup? Nope. All right, let's go to number two. Sergei Bobrovsky, $7,425,000. Nope. 7, Does he have a cup? Nope. Tuka Rask. Cup? Nope. Pekka Rene? Nope. Carey Price makes six million five hundred five hundred five hundred thousand. Does he have a cup? Nope. Cam Ward six six million three hundred thousand. Yes. He has a cup, but since he won his cup, he has sucked. Yep. That fact. Seven. Braden Holpe. Six. Nope. No cup. But he's still young. Corey Snyder makes six million dollars. Not worth that. He he hasn't even got the Devils to the playoffs, and he's making six million dollars. Do I like Corey Snyder as a goalie? Yes, I do. Yep. But for $6 million? No, I don't. Nope. And number nine is Corey Crawford. Yep. $6 million. He's worth far more than that. $6 million for Corey Crawford. So you have... Worth far more than that. So you have... Uh, number 10 is Ryan Miller. Where's John the Quick on that list? 14, Not even on it. 14. He's number 14. Not even on that list. Look at that. That's all that you have to know. The top highest... The top 10 highest paid goaltenders 
you have three Stanley Cups, and two of them are from Corey Crawford. So another argument for why do you have Raskar at this point, and why do you give goaltenders this much money, and why did Peter Shirelli screw the Bruins and make that mistake? And you can even you can even go like this: Ryan Miller hasn't even been to a Stanley Cup Finals. Braden Holby. Had How far has Ryan Miller made it through the playoffs? Second round. Yeah, that's it. Braden Holby hasn't been to the finals. Corey Schneider, he's been to the finals as long goes backup, but not as a starter. Carey Price hasn't been to the finals. Pekka Rene hasn't been out of the second round. Here, listen to this, because I did this on my article. Let's see the lower-paid goaltenders in the last 20 years. John Sebastian Jagir, Chris Osgood, Anthony Niemi all have Stanley Cups. They were all lower-paid. They were they were all, like, under $4 million when they won the Cups. Even Tim Thomas didn't make a ton Tim of Thomas had 6.5, 6.5 when he won the Cup. 6.5? Yep. Oh, he did make that much money. 100% sure I did that research. Okay, I, I'll take your word for it. Yep. But you look at we well, just did that exercise of top ten goaltenders. None of them, and then you can even keep going before you even get to quick. Ben Bishop. Ben Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what I was just saying because I I I have my article up at the moment. Before Tim Thomas, the average of all those goaltenders that won the cup was four million. That's a good stat. Which is why I say that the right price for a goaltender in the league right now is four million. That's a good stat. I like that, Jason. Good, good. I wrote I wrote this article back last year in like November, very early on. I like that stat, Jason. And then Matt and then Matt Coleman kind of breached off his own article, but I got there first. Just think of it that way. I, I trust me, I have been. And then you look at you keep going. Ben Bishop's number eleven. He's been to a cup. Kerry Lutton is twelve. Never been to a cup. Sir Semi Varlamov is thirteen. Hasn't been to a cup. And that's when you finally reach Jonathan Quick. Who's been to three? Yes. No, two. Three. Three. Two. No, two. Three. Two. Wow, we're, we're playing this game. <laughs> yeah. They've been, yeah, they've won two because Chicago's won three, but they won the other one yeah. with Niemi before Corey Crawford got there. Yes, you're right. You're correct about that. But you just look at this and you just look all the goaltenders and you just say, why are you paying $4 million? I mean, why, why are you paying over $4 million? Excuse me. Why are you banking on your future on a goaltender? Especially when the NHL and the league wants more goal scoring. I don't get it. And also, the most I would pay for a goaltender would be $5 million. I wouldn't pay more than 4 at this point. I would pay 5 because then, uh, I mean, I feel like five would, be, 5 would be my threshold, though. I'm not going over 5. No, I agree. You know, you, have, you make a good point. But for me, it would be 4.5 or 5. I would definitely say five would like I said five would be my max. I understand what you're saying with four, the average of four million dollars to win the Stanley Cup for a goaltender before Tim Thomas. Like I don't, I just it's just stupid the money that goalies are making now. Like look at like look, the twentieth, the twentieth highest paid goalie is making four million five hundred dollars. The twentieth, like why are you paying these goalies this much money? And you have names, you have names like Jaroslav Halak, Jimmy Howard. Mike Smith, Semyon Verlomov. Like, what is this? Why is Sergei Bobrovsky number two? It's ridiculous. He, where, the Blue Jackets haven't even made the playoffs in recent <laughs> memory, and I don't even remember seeing Sergei Bobrovsky at all this season. It's a joke. Like, these goalies are making way too much of a money. This is absurd. And this is why the Bruins need to trade Zuckerask. And I don't think they're going to be able to trade him, to be honest, because I don't think a team is going to take him. But if a team was dumb enough to take Zuckerask, 
please get him out of here. You've got to find a way to get him out of here. And people will be like, he's a good goalie. Fine, I don't care. He's a good goalie. But you know what? He doesn't steal your games, and he doesn't show up when you need him. Doesn't do it. Doesn't Cam happen. Cam Neely has to be thinking his job's on the line. Tuka Rask isn't going to get him there. And they have to do something if they have to hope that they want to keep the jobs next year. The Bruins have no choice under the management's eyes but to make the playoffs. And right now, the way things are going, they're going to get worse next year, not better. I know. I know they have a long way to go with the cap room they have, but they have to make moves. They have to take risks. Keeping Julian was another mistake. Yeah, I'll get to that in just a minute. I just want to talk about Rask. Another quick thing about Rask is the Neely and Sweeney did say he wasn't untouchable. And I did like that, but the thing but is, Sweeney I don't did know com- if you're going to be Sweeney, able to find But Sweeney made the mistake of complimenting him. Yeah, but I think that was kind of just to, so he, so it wasn't just the a full-out, like... Yeah, kind of, I, I think it just wasn't like a full-out, like, oh, like, I'm I'm the GM and I blasted my goalie, you know what I mean? I kind of felt like he, he kind of, like, said all that stuff just to feel good with the media. You know what I mean? Get the media off his back a little bit. Cause I feel yeah, like but you don't think that the Bruins are still pissed because of the two times that he missed the most important games of the season this oh, year? Oh, I think they're pissed, yeah. But I think that Sweeney just did that so we didn't have to face the media of, like, scrutiny and didn't have to face the media for, like, well, oh, are you, are you blaming me on Rask? I feel like he just didn't want that question to be asked next. I, see, I would have hoped that they would have asked me that question next because I would have looked at them and said, yes. You can't blame Tuka Rask because, for the whole uh, season. No, but you can blame Tuka Rask for not showing up or caring. Oh, I agree with that, and that's why I think the Bruins are going to get rid of him. I you, just can call him on his, you can call him out on his attitude for being a $7 million spoiled baby. I just you can don't call think- him out on that. I just don't think no, no they're not gonna do that. Our team, a team's not gonna call Malt and say he's a seven. No, they're they're, they're they're gonna pat his ego because they have to do it to try to give him trade value if they want to trade him. Exactly, I get they that can't, part of it. They too. can't. They can't just rip him and say he doesn't care about his craft. They can or, rip him. They can rip him all they want after they trade him. I think that's kind of the mindset that's got to be. Yeah, but I feel like team, I feel like teams don't even really do that. They don't really rip players. I feel like. No, they don't. They kind so of let it much, go. They as, much, as much as you want them to, as much as you want them to say he's a seven million dollar baby, they're not going to do it. No, they won't. I wish they would, but they won't. That's 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 our job. It's our job to call him that. But Tukaras, third highest paid goalie, and it's got it's the goalies are right now in the NHL. And this sort of just validates the argument I had back in November of last year. It's too overpaid. No movement clause. He can pick which team he wants to go to. Even if he wants to get traded, but even if the Bruins do have a trade for him, so they have a trade lined up with Calgary, right? Doesn't have he to can veto it. Doesn't have to go. Doesn't have to go. He can veto it. It's absurd, absolutely absurd. But uh, speaking of the coach and Claude Julien, another thing I've been looking into is co- like there's been a lot of coach transactions when they get to those around the NHL recently, and it's really been bothering me that the Bruins kept Claude Julien. And everyone's like, why? He's a good coach. Yes, I understand. Claude Julien is a good coach. I've heard that he's a good coach doing so much. I'm so tired of it. I want to be a Higgins. I know. Get them. I never said, like, I get, like, I hate when people do this. I've thing never been so it's... angry hearing Claude Julien's a good coach. Yes, we get it. He's a fantastic coach. He's done a great job over the years. We yeah, get it. We've never taken anything away from Claude Julien on this show. Never. We have have always said Claude Julien is a good coach, but... I just don't see. He's that. a great coach, but he still needs to go. He needs to go. He needs to go. This has been two consecutive years the Bruins have collapsed down the stretch, and it made me do some research about coaches and teams that have been close to the cup and haven't won it, or you know have been struggling a little bit. 
and this is what I came up with, right? So, I, and I, I was I was tied up before the show doing this. I looked into it. Um, John Cooper, uh, remember remember when the Bruins won the cup? Do you remember who they put? John Cooper remember? was a coach, right, for Tampa Bay? No, he wasn't. Remember who the Bruins put in the conference finals? They played Tampa. Yeah. They played Tampa, right? A little bit of a different team yeah. than they have now. Obviously, it was five, five or six years ago. Uh, but, you know, Tampa Bay's coach was Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher. Who just got hired. Exactly. And this is my point. is Guy Boucher, right? We took the Tampa Bay to the conference finals. The Bruins beat them. Tampa Bay struggled a little bit the next the few years after that. They struggled to find their way. And... Since they struggled a little bit, what did they do? Oh, what a novel concept. They fired Guy Boucher because, you know why? It just wasn't working anymore because his team started struggling. They got to the conference finals. It didn't work out anymore. You get rid of him. Did, mean Guy, did, did that mean that Guy Boucher was a bad coach? No. He's a good coach. Fine coach. And what are the and so what did the Tampa Bay do? They hired their AHL coach, John Cooper. And now look what Tampa Bay is doing. They just consistently. They made the playoffs three straight years. They've gone to a cup, and they're in the conference finals again this year with John Cooper. When John Cooper was hired, was everyone sitting there saying, oh, um, I think John Cooper is a better coach than, than Guy Boucher. No one said that. Did, any, did anyone say that? No, no. All right, so as I was saying, Tampa Bay, as I, said, as I just said to you, and I'm kind of remaking my point here, but – it has to be said. Tampa Bay was struggling with Guy Boucher. So what did they do? They fired him. They hired John Cooper. And when they hired, when they first hired John Cooper, uh, no one was sitting there saying, oh, John Cooper is better than Guy Boucher as a coach. No one said that. And you know what happened? Tam- he's, their Tampa Bay is picking it up, and they're playing good under John Cooper. They've been to a cup, conference finals. Boom. There you go. That's a perfect example. And – Obviously, Detroit. Detroit has. I know Bab, they didn't fire Babcock. Babcock left. What did they do? They hired Jeff Lashaw. They hired the um, their AHL coach. And all, all he's done is make the playoffs this year and, and keep Detroit alive and have a fighting chance. Even though they lost in the first round in five games, as everyone's sitting there saying, "Oh, he he's going to be a better coach than Mike Babcock." No, but what he got them to the playoffs. They fought in the playoffs more than what Claude Julian did with the Bruins this year. Were the Bruins in the playoffs? Do you happen to see them in the playoffs at all, Jason? No, the Bruins aren't in the playoffs at all. It's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, they, it's really frustrating. Like, what, why can't they just bring up Cassidy and let Cassidy work with the young kids? Look at Providence. Providence is in the playoffs. What if what if what do the Philadelphia Flyers do? The past few they years, they've had some talent on their team. Claude the Drew, Wayne coach. Simmons. Uh, yeah, yeah. They had a, they hired. What did they do? They had a new coach, right? Oh, yeah, Hackstall. Yeah. What a concept! Last year, the past two years, they were in the middle of the pack. They couldn't find a way to make it a playoff hump. And what did they do? They fired their coach, and they hired a new coach. What a novel concept this is, huh, Jason? And what did they do? Yeah, they made know, the playoffs. You know, you know what I'm noticing that the Bruins management flaws are that all these other teams have. The Bruins are afraid to change, and all these other teams just embrace it. And what a novel concept of changing the coaches. And what the Flyers who made the playoffs. And you know what they did? They took the fly, they took the Capitals to six games. Everyone had pretty much Washington. And they're going to get better next year. They're going to get better. Another team is going to get better. Oh, also, this is, the, this, is the, this is another good example. Hey, Pittsburgh. What did Pitt, Pittsburgh do? This Wait, year? I got one. I got an even better one. Not just sold and keep going. No, I think Pittsburgh's even the best example that you can come up with right now. Oh, yeah, he's one of, yes. Pittsburgh filed Dan Balsma, who won a cup with them. 
won a cup with them. The Bru- they fired him after making the conference finals and moving to the Bruins in a sweep. They fired him. They hired a new coach. It wasn't working out. This year they started up with the new coach. They were struggling. They fired their coach midseason. To, and they put Mike Sullivan to be the interim coach. Mike Sullivan is the interim Pittsburgh coach. made the playoffs, and now Pittsburgh's about to take out. Pittsburgh is the interim. Pitt- Mike Sullivan is the interim coach of Pittsburgh right now. The interim coach. He he's won't be even, the interim coach next he's year. Not he's, even, coach. he's not even under contract to be a head coach in the NHL right now. He'll be a head coach next year. And what happened when, Guarantee what, it. What happened when he took over? Sidney Crosby got going. Sidney Crosby. Malkin got going. The, the, the uh, have you heard anything? Have you heard anybody complain about Phil Kessel recently? Nope. What about their defense? Did anyone see that who they have on the back end? Their defense isn't Uh-oh. really that who great. Besides Crystal Tang, they have Trevor Daly, who got traded from Chicago because Chicago didn't want him anymore because he was playing so bad in Chicago. And who else? A bunch they of have rookies. They have Ryan Dumoulin, who's like a rookie. They have uh, Ben Lovejoy, who's a solid veteran. But besides, like, they're not big names here. And they're. One, they're up three games to two on Washington, who was the favorite in the Eastern Conference, after firing their coach in the middle of the season. I was hey, I was gonna bring up St. Louis, but I don't remember. Did St. Louis stick with their coach? Yes, Brian Hitchcock is still there. Okay, that's why I thought Hitchcock was still there after I had to but, really but think about let me, it. Let me say this to you too: Anaheim obviously had got eliminated from Nashville this year, right? They eliminated Nashville, and uh, I want to ask you. Bruce Boudreaux got fired, and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be fired. Let me ask. I don't think he deserved to be fired. When, if Anaheim, I think, but but, An- but Anaheim needed a change. You know, I can understand why they did it. And if Anaheim brings in a new coach, is everyone gonna sit there and say, "Oh, this new coach will be better than um than Boudreaux"? No, because Boudreaux has got history when it comes to choking in the playoffs. And does it matter? And, you know, what, what can... if the coach brings Anaheim to the Cup next year? Is anyone gonna be saying? Well, they should have kept Bruce Boudreaux. No, nobody's this is the saying point. that. You haven't heard one person say it. Yes, you know, I'm sure people were a little bit surprised that Boudreaux got fired, but I understand it. I, I like no one's gonna sit there and say the next coach that the Anaheim Ducks hire will, will be better than Boudreaux. Just because they fired their coach doesn't mean the next coach they bring in is gonna be better than him. It doesn't matter. They needed a new voice. They needed to change. That's why they fired him. They needed to switch so things right, up. So right. Send so a right now, what are, the, what are the things that are going to kill this Bruins team? No new voice. And now to these contracts and injuries. No new players. What are they going to do? Throw in a bunch of young players and try to get a free agent? And how is that free agent going to come in and be the leader? Hey, but Jason, Claude Julian's a good coach. He, he's a good coach. Yeah, I see the sarcasm in that one. I can't, I can't even keep up with a straight face. He's a good coach, though, Jason. I know he's a great coach. I mean, you know the Bruins. The Bruins have only sucked the last two years, and yet he's a great coach. Yeah, with they, mediocre players and young kids, he's a great coach, Mike. Hey, they only choked away the playoffs the past two years, and I know it has to do with some of the players. But you know who was behind the bench for those? Oh, Claude Julien. But yeah, he's a good coach. Yeah, no, just fired Doug Huda because Doug Huda's a big deal. Yeah, they yeah, know. Defense sucked. That Claude Julian couldn't make the adjustments. That Claude Julian refused to play the young kids. He refused to do it as to be the coach to do what was needed to do what was right for the team. The so one. let's all keep Claude Julian because you know he leads the Bruins in all-time wins. Yay! You know, and that and that one Stanley Cup he got in 2011 wasn't purely because of the fact that the management made the right moves to get the right leadership on the team. I know. Claude Julian couldn't get new leadership on the team because I don't know. They got rid of Sean Thornton and Johnny Boychuk and Andrew Ferentz. Every piece of heart this team had. 
the last thing I want to bring, the last coach I'm going to bring up is the Sharks. I'm going to bring up the example of the Sharks. They they fired their coach. That's last another year. great example. Todd McClellan. They fired their coach. And what is San Jose about to do? San Jose is one game away from the conference finals. Which is fantastic. You know, even if they don't win the cup, that's still fantastic to see them make They it beat the Kings in five. They're they beat, dominating. They beat the Kings in five. Who, no one predicted that. No one. Even though, it, even if people picked the Sharks to beat the Kings in the series, everyone had it at least going seven. They beat them in five. They won every game in L.A. Every All three games in L.A., they won. It was absurd. And what did they do? When, what did they do when they tied the series up against Nashville? They came out and won and dominated. They dominated. They didn't just win that Nashville game. They dominated. And what do they do from this year, from last year, and previous years? They got a new coach. Who's their coach now? Uh, Peter Dubar. Oh, so and no, oh no, he's a former Florida coach, right? He coached New Jersey, I believe. I, I yeah, it was New Jersey and Florida, I yeah. think. And what what a novel concept though, changing a coach. Oh, I don't know. But no, let's just have Claude Julien, the longest tenured coach, with one team in the NHL right now. You know, he's been, only been here nine years. Yeah, it's not a big deal. You, uh, you know, coaches last two friggin' seasons. They people have hit, some teams are firing their coach in the middle of the season, and we we keep Claude Julien for nine for nine. He's won one cup. I get it, he's a good coach. I understand that. I'm not taking anything away from Claude Julien, but don't act like he's the friggin' best coach in the entire world. He's won one Stanley Cup, and he's been. Back to another in nine years. I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah, all, and what you're seeing from the, a lot of the fans, not seeing all of them, is let's all defend Tuka Rask. Let's all defend Claude Julian. You know. I'm just get, I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of it. And it, even even when I was seeing this over the course of the season, we were all still trying to believe in hope. And I sat back there and said, I didn't have that good feeling from the very start. Yeah, it's just frustrating because you have Tuka Rask, Claude Julian, and fans that just want to defend him to no end and. The, even the Bruins beat writers defend Julian, and it's it's sickening. And I get he's a good coach. I'm not. I, I've been saying I keep harping on this because I feel people are just gonna be like, "Well, you keep bashing Julian." And I said, "No, all I said was I'm." Julian is a fantastic coach. It's just time for him to go in Boston. Yes, they need a new. Voice. I hope he goes somewhere else. I hope to God he goes somewhere else and he succeeds. They need a new leader. And not to, and not to give the middle finger to the Bruins. They need a new leader because he deserves to be. Good. He deserves it. And you know what? Bruce Cassidy deserves the chance to come to Boston if the Bruins choose him. They need a new leader. They needed someone new. They needed someone new. They need somebody to get this team to go younger. They needed someone new last year, and they didn't even do it last year. I thought he was. I thought Julian was coaches for his job this year, but I guess not. Everyone's got a job for life here. Job for life. And Neely, and Neely really needs to step up. And this is why this is probably the biggest offseason in the last like twenty years for the Bruins. It is. It definitely is. But another quick, quick news. Now, after we, uh, I, I, I knew I was going to be fired up for the show just because I, I, hate, I can't stand people. Bo- Defend like, and that's why I have to keep harping that I think Julian's a good coach. I know people are gonna be like coming at me and saying you hate Julian. Like, why do you hate Julian? Blah blah blah. I don't hate him. I don't. So please, if you want to have a conversation about Julian, I'll, I'll I'll gladly do it. I'll explain to you why. And to the Bruins fans out there, we don't hate this Bruins team. We're not talking negative about this Bruins team because we hate the team. But as fans, as analysts, we want a team that's gonna win. A team that's gonna compete. Yeah, I don't care. If Two straight years, we haven't seen that. If Bruins don't make the playoffs. But they're working hard and they're competing. Fine. I'm okay with that. Fine. I can live with that. As long as they're competing every game. But seeing a goaltender like Tukarask not show up at the end of the season, seeing the team quit midway through games, seeing the number of two goal leads that were given up this year, it's pathetic. 
pathetic. Or how about, they just shut or down. How about, they quit. A, how about in a must-win game, the last game of the year? They gave up six unanswered goals. And I don't care if a few of them were empty nets. They gave up six. Six. They gave up four goals in eight minutes in the second period. Four in and eight minutes. they got minutes. hammered by the West, the Western Pacific. They got hammered, ripped apart. And, how, and you're gonna still sit, and you're still gonna sit here and defend Tukarask. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But another quick, another news, because me and you can talk, me and you can talk about that for hours. But we'll go back into this next week too. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> just to note quickly, the Bruins did end up staying, sticking with the 14th pick. I know the NHL does a draft lottery, but hardly ever does we'll it. Go 14. Yeah, hardly ever does it go into. I'm the, thrilled. 14, and it's gonna I be. I am thrilled, Mike. You know how thrilled I am. I'm, I'm, oh, this is like the greatest day in the entire world. Yep, 14 picks. So the Bruins will be back in the middle of the pack. With Mediocre. The- yeah, we'll have to see. Hopefully, they can get a good player there. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. We'll have to hope, wait and see. Because obviously, every draft. We won't know that until three years yeah, down the every road. Draft, every draft's a crapshoot now. It's too tough. Too tough to figure out. But the Bruins will be picking 14th. And uh, just some around the NHL news. Bruce Boudreaux is now a new coach for the Minnesota Wild. Good pick up yeah, it didn't, didn't take long for him to find a new job. And Guy Boucher is the new Sanders. Senators coach. And... I think that's interesting because Guy Boucher was also the Tampa Bay coach, and now he's in the division with Ottawa now. And interesting, interesting signing there. Obviously, Ottawa said they wanted a, a guy that's coached in the NHL before, and they get their guy in Guy Boucher. So, somewhere on the NHL news there. Uh, and I just want to touch on the NHL playoffs briefly. I know we kind of been saying stuff in the show that had well hinted towards who's winning and stuff like that, but Tampa Bay did uh, eliminate. The Islanders today in five games, and even though a lot of games were close, a few games into overtime, so it wasn't like Tampa Bay absolutely dominated the Islanders. I just thought Tampa Bay was the better team, though, and I think the better team's moving on, and I think that's good for the Lightning going to the conference finals again. They have, not, they have a chance to defend the East again in the in Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, and how about it? None of us uh, got our teams to do our, got our predictions correctly. All of our I actually awful. have Tampa Bay in the conference finals. My, I have them being in the conference finals too. So <laughs> that's about it. And then you have, now you have Washington Pittsburgh, as we talked about. Matt Murray's been playing sensational in goal for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has been playing really well as a team, and they're up three games to two on Washington. Game six will be in Pittsburgh, and I think this game six is a must-win for Pittsburgh. I think they, if they want to win this series, they have to win this game. And oh, they have to. And uh, you said you're hearing rumors about. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury being in net, and I think if Mark Andre plays goalie, that will be a big mistake for Pittsburgh. You can't put Mark Andre Fleury coming off of injury his first game back in Game Six in that high of an intensity. The... I think that would be a, the biggest mistake they would make. I think Matt Murray's no, ab- playing great, and I think if you said Mark Andre Fleury will not be ready, he hasn't played in game action at all, and I feel like if you're going to do that, you want to do it Game One, not Game Six, where it's pretty much a must win. So here's my question. Now that we're getting to this point with the Western Conference Finals, what are our predictions now from what it's looking like? It looks like St. Louis and San Jose have the advantage right now. Um, St. Louis is up three games to two on Dallas. And if St. Louis beats, St. Louis will be have game six at home. And I, I feel like this isn't as much of a must win for St. Louis as it is for Pittsburgh. So I feel like St. Louis is, is a better road team than Pittsburgh is. I feel like Washington will be a very hostile environment. And I feel like Dallas will, won't be as difficult for St. Louis because St. Louis has some, some veteran guys who have been in that spot before. I feel like Pittsburgh kind of wilt under the pressure. 
But I, I, I could be wrong. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I think St. Louis is going to win game six anyways and eliminate the Stars. And I have the Sharks um, winning in seven against the Predators. I think Nashville will win the game game six in, in their home ice, and I think they will go seven, and I think the Sharks will take game seven. So having this entire reset, who would, who is our two, who would be your two cup finals teams? My two cup finalist teams? Yep. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa and St. Louis. I'm going to go Tampa and San Jose. San Jose? Yep. I like San Jose, too. I mean, obviously, we'll have the – we'll know for sure the conference. It's going to be close. That's serious no matter what's going seven. Yeah. We're going to have the conference finals next the next week on the show for sure. We'll know who the teams are there. But as, as this playoffs has been great. It really has been. I have no complaints about NHL playoffs ever. I really don't. And it's been – it's the best playoffs. It's been a playoffs. surprise. Every team we thought was going to win – the real dominant teams, and they got knocked out early. Yep, exactly. But uh, it's been great. But obviously, the Bruins have a lot of work to do, and we'll see what happens this off season. But it's going to be a long one. But well, then we'll conclude our episode. We'll we'll be back next week. It's good to get the uh, the feedback underneath us, Jason, and have a great show. I feel like it was very passionate. Well, I think now it's time to really take the show to the next level for us because right now we're with the Bruins in the offseason, and we're having fun with it. Yeah, definitely having some fun. We're going to try and get some some other CLNS radio people that cover the Bruins on the show. We're going to try and get some good guests coming up as well. So we'll be ready to go getting this show, hopefully taking it to new heights, and we hope you keep listening to us. And um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MikeSetta22 at JasonBuckley91. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter at Bruins underscore B and like us on Facebook. And also, you can uh, find us on iTunes, right, Jason? Yes, you can find us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. I was actually listening to the podcast from two weeks ago earlier before I even started the show just to refresh my memory. You can find us on iTunes Stitcher at CLNS Radio. Also, you know, stay tuned to CLNS Radio's website. We're going to try to have a lot of Bruins coverage on a consistent basis throughout the offseason. We're going to try to become more consistent with it. We're going to really try to build this show from that. Absolutely. So hopefully you guys keep listening in. We'll have some great stuff. Uh, to, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.